So we are still boutique and we actually want to stay that way. So we have about 20 clients right now. But what we, what we've we found and listen, this is kind of a little antithetical probably to a lot of the people that are, are listening to you. But we want to actually limit the number of clients that we have. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant one. Hello, everyone. My guest today is David Krieger. He's no the founder and president asked. of Sales Roads, a business-to-business appointment setting, lead generation, and SDR outsourcing company. He's been named as one of the most influential leaders in sales and lead management by the SLMA. He's he's led Sales Road through significant growth, and the company was twice listed on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest-growing privately held companies. All right, David, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely, Nathan. All right, so let's let's not bury the headline. If you've if you've been in Inc., you've made your revenue public before. What was last year reported, and how much were you doing? Uh, so, well, actually, that was a few years ago. So, uh, you know, we, we've been growing since then. I actually can't go into the specific numbers right now, but we've been growing very nicely. What was the, the last year that you did share? Because you can't get on the Inc. 5000 without sharing that. What was last year you reported? So that was 2.4 million. In what that year? That was 2015. Okay, 2.4. Okay, great. So then now break down the story for us. Now people are going to listen. How'd you make that money? What are you working on? <laughs> sure. So basically what we do is we um, help our clients with the top of the funnel prospecting. So if they're looking for more opportunities, more sales leads, more meetings for their salespeople, what we do is we do the heavy lifting of proactive prospecting, going out and finding customers for them uh, that might be interested in meeting with their salespeople, engaging in a discovery call. And then we book that meeting to give them that introduction to be able to talk about their their pro- you know their, their service, their, their product, whatever it might be. What percent of your customers are, are SaaS companies? So about 50% are SaaS companies. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so and it's been growing. I was going to uh, say, since. that's my audience. And there's so many SaaS founders that I, that I talk to that say, Nathan, I'm, I'm too nervous to go make the, f- the first full-time like SDR or inside sales hire. Like I just want to test the system first. And there's so many firms like yours that are popping up that are doing this very effectively in an outsourced kind of performance-driven manner. So mm-hmm. question to you is, how are you billing these SaaS companies? Is it a fixed fee or per, 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 per meeting booked or what? Yeah, so it's a retainer model, a monthly retainer model. And so what because what we do is we do things a little differently than just booking the appointments. Basically, if a if a company has gotten like a series B or series C, they're in, in their growth phase, they know they've got a good product or service, they have an idea who their ideal customer profile is, and they're just looking to put some, you know, fuel on the fire. You know, we come in and we are, are their outsourced inside sales team. So we come in, we, we strategize with them, we give them feedback, we work with their marketing department, and then we also give, you know, find out whether that is their best, you know, we, best uh, target pro, uh, um, uh, 
uh, company and, and whatnot. And so we'll help them to pivot if they need to. And if we're not seeing uh, results in the direction that they've pointed us, we work with them to recalibrate. And so what we found is that, you know, by working in a retainer model and just working on a monthly basis with them to make sure they're getting the opportunities or recalibrate where they're trying to go, we've been able to help them with, with really, you know, growing their companies through our services. Okay. So monthly retainer model. Um, but, but how do you, I mean, why would someone pay you like a lesser price versus way more price? What, like, what do you price based on? The number of SDRs. So the number okay. of people who are calling on their behalf. Okay. So what would like, let, let's just do an example. What would someone sure. that wants five outsource SDRs cost generally? Yeah. So about five is about $20,000 a month. Okay. Got it. So you're charging like 4k per outsource SDR, something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And what is your sweet spot customer? How many SDRs are you typically spinning up for them? Yeah, so usually about two SDRs. So they're usually you know smaller companies that are just starting the prospecting process and then we'll grow with them. So usually we start with two and then we have a number of clients who are like 10, 15 at this point. Um, but we start with a small number of SDRs just as we're getting the process going. Okay, so would that be fair to say then two SDRs, 4K a month, that's 8K total, that's your minimum? Well, it's, yeah, it's a little, little yeah, more when it's a smaller, a smaller group. So our minimum is about 10K a month. Okay, 10K per month, got it. But most of your companies you're working with, you said are post Series B. Yeah, usually. I and mean, we have a few that are Series A and whatnot, but usually Series B when they're really looking for growth, you know, using that capital for growth. Yep. What got you into this? Tell me about the launch story. When did you launch? So I launched in business school. I was going to business school at uh, the Wharton School and they had a business plan competition. And so I have been in inside sales before and I just really my goal going into to business school was to not get a job out of <laughs> out of my MBA. <laughs> and so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I've been reading at that point. This was 13 years ago uh, about the remote model, which we're all kind of in right now where everybody works out of their home offices. And so I loved sales. I loved inside sales. And one of the most important parts of inside sales is having great people. Right. And so I I thought that the whole distributed model of, of building a call center where people could work wherever they live and I could recruit anyone you know, throughout the country uh, just made a lot of sense to me. So I launched it 13 years ago. We are 100% remote then. Obviously, we're 100% remote now, like a lot of us, um, and it's worked really well. So launched in 2007, huh? Correct. Okay, yeah. amazing. And tell me about the first customer. How did you get your first customer? And, and do you remember, was it the same, even the same business model? Uh, so what? Well, it was the same business model. Uh, so it was all outbound uh, appointment setting. And my first business model was the first VP of sales that I worked for at an internet startup uh, a few years before I started the company. And so he had a, a you know a, a company that he was working with. So I. Obviously, you know, start with a lot of the people you know who trust you, who know you do good work. And I asked him, "Listen, can you throw me a bone? Can you give me a contract?" And uh, and he's like, "Sure, absolutely. How many how many reps uh, can I have?" I uh, staffed two for him, and we started uh, started up that way. I love that. Okay, now fast forward thirteen years later, uh, how many uh, how many customers are you working with? So we are still boutique and we actually want to stay that way. So we have about 20 clients right now. But what, we, what we've we found, and listen, this is kind of a little antithetical probably to a lot of the people that are, are listening to you, but we, it, you know, we help our, our clients scale. But what we found is that to really do inside sales well, and it's complicated, right? It's hard to do it as an internal company, right? And, and to do it well and to do it for 20 clients is also really hard to do it well. And so what we found is we want to actually limit the number of clients that we have and make sure 
that we make them super successful and super happy because all the work it's we don't make money for the first few months of launching something the amount of time that we put into the strategy to training the reps finding the right reps it just doesn't work unless our retention rates are really high and so what we've done is we've limited the number of companies that we work with and we just do a bang up job with those companies and we've stayed boutique and it's actually a very you know good model for ourselves and for our clients there's nothing wrong with boutique what do you like to keep your retention rate above or above 90% annually Annually, yeah. Yeah, and that's on a, on, a, on a revenue basis or logo basis? On a revenue basis. Revenue basis, yeah, that's obviously a great target. Okay, tell me more about the team. How many folks are you there today? Uh, yeah, so we have about 75 uh, SDRs. Um, and another thing that we do a little differently than a lot of uh, internal companies is a lot of people within the SDR role, they hire people right out of college, which is great. And you get a lot of people who are really excited and, and, and energetic. But we actually hire people that are later stage in their career, love prospecting, if you can believe that. They love cold calling. They love going out and hunting for things. And they've done it uh, successfully throughout their career. And so we have people who as important as keeping our clients is keeping our employees and and keeping them with us because we put a lot of time into training them, you know, you know, showing them our processes, things that have worked for, for our clients throughout the industry. Um, and so we really work on retaining our, our employees as well. And so the full team is 75. I know you have 75 SDRs, but is that the full team? Do you have any operations or engineers or anybody else? Uh, yeah, so that's the whole team with with coaches and 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 everybody too. So okay. so coaches, managers, uh, sales ops. We have a sales ops, and then we have a doesn't include. We have a, a decent sized team in the Philippines, not doing calling, but doing all of the back end lead research and things like that for SDRs. Got it. Okay, so seventy five total on the team. So how many are actually SDRs that are working with your customers? So about sixty, about fifty five of those, fifty five to sixty. So okay, yeah. interesting. And as an SDR, I'm trying to think as you're recruiting more SDRs to work with you, I could see people liking your model versus working inside of a fast growing company because it's less risk working with you. Maybe they have kids, they're wanting to settle down, and they go, you know what, I'm not reliant on one company anymore, but I love the SDR role. Now I can work with you know David and and, and get the same thing out of it. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, so I think I think there's a number of uh, reasons that people are like wor working for us. So we do first of all they can work anywhere, which is going to become more of a reality for a lot of companies. And SaaS is definitely at the forefront of that. We're seeing a lot of companies that are going remote first. So that was been one one big draw. Um, they also do like the variety, so they get to try different things. And you know we just have a culture around SDRs and cold calling, and prospecting, and training, and having that infrastructure that makes it fun. They're learning every day just allows us to, to create, I think, a pretty vibrant workforce, even though we're 100% remote. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, but you gotta do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. How do you break up how those sales reps spend their time? Do you assign them to like one client or, you know, Monday it's one client, Tuesday it's someone else, Thursday it's somebody else. How's it, how's it work? No, no. So we try to dedicate uh, because this is hard. It's hard to really understand both 
the, the client, right, their value prop, as well as the client's prospects, right? We need to understand the different buyer personas, what makes, you know, a CTO interested in that, that product versus a CMO interested in another product, things like that. So we really try to dedicate the SDRs and keep them on one campaign or max two campaigns for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And how many, I mean, are they actually doing live demos or just cold calls? How many are they doing per, per week? Yeah, so they're not doing the discovery calls. We'll set up the discovery calls, and then usually from the discovery, then our client will do a demo at that point. Um, so we're really just doing cold calls to get that appointment for that first discovery uh, call. So we'll generate the interest uh, with that prospect. We'll also figure out who the right prospect is because you know that's half of the battle is making sure you know the right person within the right account that is a good fit for our client. And so we'll do that, and then we'll get them interested in in that discovery call so that the client can take it from there. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So how many call, cold calls are they making per day? Oh, so per day on average, like 150. So Wow. Yeah, See, it's this, a, it's a this is a unique sort of animal to be able to do 150 cold calls in a day. You know, you get told no most of the time and still keep your emotion at a level where it like, yeah. I mean, is this why you have, co- do you have like emotional coaches on your team to keep everyone at a <laughs> your therapist, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, of those, uh, the 15 that are, uh, management, uh, five of our therapists. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, here, but it's so, so true. So Nathan, I mean, there's two things that we do in that regard. One is we hire the right type of person, right? So part of the problem that a lot of our clients have before they start working with us is they, they'll try to build it internally. They'll build an SDR team. They'll hire people out of college. And a lot of times people don't realize how hard it is. It's tough to hear no so many times. I mean, salespeople in general, we hear no, but on the prospecting side, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? But we hire people who have been doing this and they like the challenge of both figuring out who the right person is and maneuvering through a company, doing the right type of research. And then, you know, making, you know, getting to convince people all day, even if they're hearing no more, more times than they're hearing yes. So having the right person who thrives on that is, is really important. But then we have a, a great culture throughout the day. So we have a huddle, you know, in the middle of the day, it's a little bit of a rah-rah. We get everybody and we go over a quick metrics. We pump everybody up. We talk about things that they're stuck on. We try to solve a few problems and then we go. And then, you know, we have Slack obviously where there's always celebrations with a different appointments, things like that, different contests going on. So we really try to create a vibrant environment that just makes it fun. Even if you're hearing rejection, you know, more than, than anybody would like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, this is no small thing. 55 SDR is making 150 calls a day. I mean, it's 8,000 and 250 calls a day. I mean, this is a this is a big thing. Well, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do all these things smartly, but sales is a numbers game, right? So you need to make sure that you're targeting right, you have the right strategy, the right playbook, the right cadences, but you also have to have some volume. And so we've set up processes that allow people to really be effective and, and efficient in their calling so that they're still able to like look at a record, they'll be able to understand who they're calling, think about the way that they're going to position themselves uniquely for that company, but then just keep the volume going because it is a numbers game. Well, what's the average number of SDRs a customer pays you to spin up? So on average, about three. So three, usually okay. we, yeah, so, and then there's a few that are, are, are on the larger side, so. So I just want to run that down for a second. So, th- so three SDRs, right, making 150 calls a day is 450 calls a day. That particular customer of yours from 450 calls, how many qualified scheduled demos are they expecting? So it really varies, right? So it varies on a few different things. One is the the level of person that we're calling. So if it's a CTO, right, it's a lot harder to get that person on the phone or get them to respond to an email, or we might be going after a director of sales. It really fluctuates. So it's anywhere from we'll get one appointment per day, 
maybe two on the high end, <laughs> right? To it can sometimes be two appointments a week, but sometimes those appointments, you know, could be an enterprise client and you're getting a C-level appointment with somebody who's interested who could turn into a multi-million dollar deal for you. So it really can run the gamut. But we, when, when clients talk to us, one of the key things that we go over with them, and it's really important for them to do both with their internal team or if they look at a company like us, is to go through the metrics. So we look at, okay, who are you targeting? You know, how are you positioning yourself in the marketplace? Let's think about how crispy your value proposition is. Is that going to really resonate? Can you differentiate yourself? Um, and, and how have you been doing it so far? And then we make some estimates. We take a look and ask you, you know, especially the SaaS clients, what is your lifetime value of your customer? Or what are you, you know, forecasting that to be? And then we work backwards to figure out what that ROI is going to be. Because this is one of the best ways of getting great leads. If you really understand your ideal customer profile and you know that they can buy at a level that you want, but they need to buy enough because, you know, listen, emails can be a lot, lot cheaper. Inbound can be a lot cheaper, but you know, because this is, there's a human component to it, but this is the way to really fuel the success of certain SaaS companies who want to be, figure out their, who that prospect is, reach out and like a laser beam, grab them, get them interested in their product and then start working. Dave, there's a lot of SaaS companies that go under because their ACV is not high enough to justify compensation of an SDR. So if someone reaches right. out to you and, and they want to be your, you know, like a new customer, they want you to spin up three reps for them, but they tell you their mm -hmm. ACV is X. What mm -hmm. is X where you will not take customers under that ACV level because the economics don't make sense? Yeah, so we look for a minimum of $10,000. So, um, but minimum, minimum $10,000 ACV. Yeah. Not what they're paying you, what your people, like what their product sells for to their customers. Correct. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But we will customize that even. So, because again, it's very different based upon what their closing ratios are, what you know, who they're targeting and, and what the industry is and how differentiated they are. So we work through that, but that's a good guideline. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Cause I mean, if you have one sales rep and, and I'm paying you, let's say I'm a SaaS company and I'm paying you 4k for that sales rep and they're booking even two qualified demos per week, right? So mm -hmm. that's eight per month, or I'm paying $4,000 to get those eight demos set up. I've got, I better close at least one of those eight, obviously to make it profitable. Otherwise I'm underwater. Right. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's basically how it breaks down. So interesting. All right. Have you done this all bootstrapped or did you decide to raise? So I got, uh, I think it was 3000 or $5,000 from, from the Wharton business plan competition. The rest was all bootstrapped. I love that. And then look, you told me earlier, average customers paying for three account, three SDRs at 4k a pop. So that's $12,000 a month, sort of, you know, ACV on average or uh, monthly ACV on average across 20 customers. I mean, you can kind of back in that puts you at like 2.8, almost 3 million bucks in ARR. Is that about right? Yeah, you're very good at math, aren't you, man? That's good. Well, I like to see growth. So that's a nice growth from 2014. I love someone building a boutique firm, hopefully profitable, scaling a core function every SaaS company needs. So David, let's uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, multipliers. Multipliers. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, so the... CEO that I'm most interested in right now is Ray Dalio. Yep. Ray Dalio principles. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Um, right now is Slack. Slack. <laughs> yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh, I really try to get eight. I That's think it's good. real important. And hey, I just thought of another question real quick before we wrap up. If a, comp a SaaS company might be nervous to use you because they're going, you know what, if we ever go to raise another round of capital or exit the company and the, and the VC or the acquirer learns that our sales function is outsourced, we become way less valuable. How do you counter that? 
Yeah, so uh, we've actually worked with a lot of VCs that, that bring us in for this. And so I think that a lot of VCs understand that focus for a startup is really important. And so if you're really focusing on making sure your product is really good and making sure your AEs are closing at a certain rate and that, that that's what you're focusing on right now and you're making that really good and taking your eye off the ball by building a whole inside sales team and trying to figure all that out at the same time um, can, can, can be distracting. A lot of times they realize that, listen, these guys understand that they're going to be really good at this and they're going to be really good at that. And when they get to series D and, you know, when they've grown to a certain rate and they can bring in somebody who can really run this department, that they're going to, you know, cross that bridge. Don't they end up on, don't they end up wanting to hire your people then at that point? Um, sometimes, but with the remote model, it's actually been somewhat, somewhat easier because they, they aren't in the, 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 that location. So we will help them transition out, out of us that we have a playbook. We work with them to transition and bring it in house. Uh, but yeah. Are you uh, also a recruiting firm? Do you help your SDRs go into companies? We, we don't because we do really want to keep our SDRs yeah. where possible. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Let's, uh, uh, last couple of questions here. Situation, married, single kiddos. Um, married and kiddos. Okay. How many kids besides the company? Uh, two plus a dog. <laughs> two plus a dog. All right. And how old are you, David? I am 42. Take us home. Uh, what did you, what is something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, that the, um, uh, I wasted, I, I wasted three years at a company that wasn't a startup and the amount that you learn either by working at a startup or doing your own is just like it's, it's exponential. So just I think a lot of your listeners know this since they're in SaaS, but just don't go and do anything besides a startup or build your own startup. Guys, David, salesroads.com. He has 20 customers, 50% of which are SaaS companies scaling their sales team specifically with an SDR motion. He is that SDR motion for them. He's got 55 SDRs on his team. On average, you pay him 4K per SDR that he wants to spin up. They're making 150 calls on average per day. Obviously, your AC has to make sense to use him. Got to be greater than 10,000. ACVs, the rest. He'll talk through the economics with you and make it work. David, thanks for taking us to the top. All right. Thanks for having me. It was great, Nathan.